routes the tide. Roll tide no more this year, boys. Georgia, 21-point victory. I think the biggest shock for me is Missouri falling all the way to number 13 in the power range. They're a quality football team. Go ahead and give me Texas A&M at the top. They're the best team in the SEC. Coach, you know, I've been thinking you might start to jinx me if you keep calling me uh, that name. (laughs) Nonsense. Now get out there, ACL, and tear it up. Tear it up, coach. Welcome to another episode of Underqualified Analysts. This is Cooper. We have Hunter. We have Zach. Say what's up, boys. How's it going, guys? Glad to be back. I am glad to be back also. We got the whole squad this time. Um, It was interesting last episode to have Billy Tom Sargent. Just want to say thank you to him for coming on. First professional athlete, maybe the only one that we're going to be able to get uh, on this podcast. We'll see. Um, Definitely the only one that I'll be able to just send a text to and be like, hey, you want to come on the podcast uh, and then actually follow through with that. So uh, again, thank you to him. Sorry you missed that, Zach. Anyways, you, you don't like golf, so that's there's no no issue there. Um, big news dropping today. Oscar Sheebway decides to stay the machine. This is absolutely huge, and I cannot – we cannot begin to understand how huge this is because not only is he coming back, but it's leaning towards Shane, Shaden Sharp being gone, which I think anybody with any common sense would have been like, oh, okay, well, he's probably going to go to the NBA because why would you not, right? Um, so, you know, not losing both of those two guys, that's that's huge. Um one stat that I thought was really cool, and then I'm going to turn it over to the guys, was obviously, you know, Oscar is known for his rebounding. And I looked up the rebounds today total for everybody in the NCAA. The closest guy was uh, Armando Bacot from uh, North Carolina, and he played six more games than Oscar did, and he – was four less rebounds. So that just shows you just like how dominant Oscar is. Um, And then everybody else was 80 plus. So really just super dominant guy. Crazy excited to have him back. I am super happy to have Oscar back. You know, for a guy like that, I'm really happy that he chose to come back because he doesn't deserve his his career here to end on a St. Peter's loss in the first round. That's not how that guy should be remembered here. That's not his legacy he's going to leave. I'm glad he came back, but I will say, if you would have gave me a million to one odds 10 years ago that a Calipari player that was voted National Player of the Year unanimously would come back and play another season, I wouldn't have taken the bet. That's how rare this is. Uh, I completely agree with that. And I cannot sit here and summarize how huge 
that it is and that news is for the program. But the fact, the re- thing I can't wrap my head around is, and I'm going to ask you guys a question, is why is he coming back? Why? I have that answer. I have it because I was going to bring it up later, but I have it. So, money. <laughs> okay. Now, now, you could say whatever you want about, you know, him being the top dog because he is. He's the top dog, right? He's the top dog at Kentucky. He's going to be the top dog in the NCAA probably again, right? Whenever he goes to the NBA, he's not he's not going to be that guy. Okay. Now, with that being said, yeah, not at first, at least. So, with that being said, I dug a little deeper. I was like, all right, how much is this guy going to get paid? So, he is getting paid $2 million in NIL deals next year. So, there, there's a little start. So, then you're like, but he could get paid more. Well, where would you say – He's going to get drafted. I'm going to say at least in the bottom tier of the first round, you know, probably 20s to 30, somewhere in that range. From picks 22 to 30, that's where 2 million hits. So 2 million is the guaranteed that rookies are going to get at the 22 spot to uh, to 30. 30 gets 1.6 million. So, if he's going to be taken, if, if he gets even one little glimpse of somebody saying, ah, second round, he's he's going to make less. So come back, get better, make more money. Simple. I don't think it's come back, get better, make more money. I think Oscar is going to be what he is. <clears throat> I don't think coming back another year is going to improve his draft stock. But I do think you're right. I think coming back another year, he's going to make more money. I think he enjoys college. I think he enjoys UK. And I think NIL is going to play a huge role for a lot of guys in those, in that situation. If you if you know you're borderline late first, early second, why wouldn't you come back, get paid, enjoy the college experience, run campus for another year, and then next year you go and your draft stock is basically the same. Or better. I mean, obviously, obviously it could, you know, there could be downside to it, but I think the possibility for upside outweighs the down. But not just come back top dog on campus, but come back and be top dog in the entire NCAA. And I guess to Cooper's point, it's basically the choice is do you want to be making $2 million ish or less and be an average guy? or even below average guy that people don't even know yet, or do you want to stay at stay in school where you do still have something to prove because of that early exit in the tournament, make the same amount or more, and be the best player in the entire league? Again. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think there's some things he can improve on. I mean, you know, if he can improve his defensive skills, I think that's going to – improve his draft spot if he yeah as hunters throwing up three goggles over here if if he if he can stretch the floor i mean that that'll help i mean it's not gonna hurt um you know he could improve his handling i don't know you know there's a there's a countless amount of things that he could improve on that could even just push him up to the 
top 15, you know? Um, and you never know next year's next year's draft class might be super weak. Anything can happen. I agree with you though. I, I do think that it's it, I, to me, I think it's mostly about money because realistically speaking, you know, you're guaranteed that first year of the rookie contract. Well, if he waits this thing out, his NIL deals are only going to get bigger. I mean, he's already especially at 2 million. If has, Especially if he has another good year. Oh, yeah. The only part I disagree with you guys on is I don't see his draft stock improving. I mean, he'd already done things this year that haven't been done in 40 years. He set records. He broke records. He was national player of the year, unanimous, and he's still slated as a second-round pick. So there's just tools for the type of player he is that he lacks, and the biggest one is height. He's not a guy that's going to be able to be a stretch for just because of the way he plays. So if he wins National Player of the Year back-to-back, he's not going to improve in draft stock? I don't see it. Not the way the league is now, not the type of player the league looks for. He's just not that mold. 20 years ago, Oscar might have been the number one pick. I'm not disagreeing either. I just want to know your thoughts on it. And they do – that makes sense. It does. And, I mean, how – like you said, though, how could you improve your draft stock? You just won unanimous national player of the year. How – what else – what more they want? So, I agree. Yeah, but there's – I mean, there, there's players that didn't even get a, a wink. Like uh, this – the NC State freshman. I don't remember his name, but – that guy's looking at a top 10 spot in the NBA draft. And, I mean, he didn't get a wink from anybody. But, yeah, you, you look at what is he potentially going to be, you know. Well, let's say if, if Oscar can become some, some type of stretch four, that is the best possible outcome that he could get. But I don't think that he has the athleticism personally – to be that type of person. I see what you're saying, absolutely. But I definitely think that there are some things that he could improve on to, you know, push him up that board. Yeah, I just – I don't see it with the position he plays. I mean, you take it and you look at the guys he's going to be going against in the league at those two positions. And he just – I think he is what he is at this point, and I think that that's where he's going to be. I hope he comes back and he makes all the money he can. And then I hope he goes and he has a long career in the league because I do think he's a guy that's going to carve out a role. He's going to be that 15, 20 minutes a game guy to come in, get you some rebounds, not overly flashy, but you know that when you sign him, there's not going to be any off-the-court problems. He's not going to be a distraction. He's going to come to – work every day and he's going to be the best teammate in the locker room and I think there's a role for him in the league for a long time I, I look for him to have a long career in the league well the main thing is which if you've watched any basketball at all you know I mean you know he just ain't worked hard enough <laughs> he doesn't work hard enough if he works harder <laughs> 
joke. That's a joke. Everybody should know. Bob Huggins said that whenever he left West Virginia, that he did not work hard enough. I don't know what. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know. If people don't understand that joke, they've been living under a rock. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to want to throw something at you though, real, just 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 real quick. Well, don't um, throw it at me. Yeah, my well, reflex is not real good anymore. <laughs> so, Oscar is one inch away from having almost the exact same measurements as Andre Drummond. Let me just point that out. That. And then, yeah. And then let me point out something else. His wingspan is bigger. And then let me point out something else. His vertical is higher. So you tell me. Well, Andre Drummond ain't, ain't nothing special. He ain't no Hall of Famer. But he was an all star for how many years? I mean, years and years ago. Years and years ago for like five straight years on a trash team. Like I said, you know, you go back in time and Oscar's going to be a first a lottery pick. But the Back game in time, he's still in the league. <laughs> and I said, I literally just said, Oscar's going to carve out a role. He's going to be in the league for a very long carve time. Carve out There's a, a role. role for Andre Drummond is an all-star. He was an all-star. Literally, like four years ago. That's not even a long time. The game has not changed that much. They're shooting more threes, but that's about it. If Oscar is an all-star in the NBA, I will be extremely shocked. I'm, I'm just, I'm just pointing out some, some thing, some flaws with your argument here. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I like those. I like those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah we got the yes man to whoever <laughs> whoever whoever's argument sounds good at the time he's like yep that's that sounds like a good time to me <laughs> he's like the guy that sits back in the in the back of the seat of the church yelling amen every time the preacher says something yeah. I, in my opinion that zach is correct on the fact that i don't think that he'll be a lottery pick or even if he's not going to be a number one number two number three like that but i think like he said that he have a successful career in the nba and potentially be an all-star i think he could be doyle rules take that <laughs> all right i think i think we've made our point here um let's move on to the nitty-gritty because you know if you've listened to us from the get-go and i'm sorry if you have it's been a waste of about what 20 hours of your life so again we apologize but we're moving on to kentucky football this is what we love this is the nitty-gritty we love this stuff okay it's football time in the bluegrass there we go had to say it had to get it off my chest um so what i thought was wild since i'm here in florida is how the game started with the the field completely covered in snow and then in like 10 minutes, it was gone, all of it. And then it was like 60 degrees. If that don't explain Kentucky weather, <laughs> I don't know what would. Kentucky has had the wildest spring. It's been like this all spring. 80, 40, 70, 
35. It just bounces back and forth. It's ridiculous. And I don't think you're right. I don't think it ever got up to 60 that day. Listen, <laughs> in Lexington that day. And I walked outside to go to Keenan. And I was wearing it like a trench coat. I mean, I was bundled up. Okay. He looked like walked- Inspector Gadget. <laughs> go, go, Gadget. <laughs> I walk outside and the sun's shining. And I'm like, dang, I don't think I need this jacket. Then we get in the car and start driving. We get a mile down the road. We can't even see frost and ice and snows hitting the window. Can't see nothing. It's covered the road. Then we get to Keeneland. The sun's out again. And it was fine, but it was it was pretty wild. But yeah, um, yeah, crazy crazy weather. Um, but you know just some little tidbits we don't have to spend too much time on this uh but definitely really looking forward to it um lev what i saw from it and you know I, I, this is good and bad levis is without a shadow of a doubt our number 1 and it's really not close like levis is miles ahead of our two and I think, and technically it's still up for debate, but I don't even think this should be up for debate either. Bo Allen is our number two. And then that Hogan guy is trash. I don't know. I, like, he's slow. He's really not that accurate. I saw him throw a ball as hard as he could. I knew it was as hard as he could because of the way that he, like, moved his arm. It was like – he tried – he punched somebody as hard as he could, and then he never closed his fist, you know? Like – and the ball just didn't zing off of his hand at all. So, like, from one to three, it is eons away from each other. So, um, great that Levis looks good so far. I mean, he used his, his legs, but they did the touch rule against him. Um. But, yeah, what did you all think about it? Hunter, I really want to hear your opinion on it. Zach can go first, but. I watched the whole spring game from the very comfort of my couch, not in the freezing cold tundra that was Lexington, Kentucky that day. Uh, I think you're dead on. Levis, by far, our number one. Huge drop off to number two. And I agree. I think Bo Allen is two. I don't know what they're seeing in Hogan in practice, but he didn't show it on during the spring game. Man, our receiving room is dangerous. I thought we were going to have a big drop-off losing Wandale, but picking up Tavion Robinson, huge get. Guy was explosive in space. Turned short yardage catches into big plays. Dane Key probably the most impressive freshman of the group. I know we've still got two guys that haven't made it to campus yet, but right now, I mean, I'm excited. I think we're going to see an offense that can really move the football this year. I'm not worried about the offense. I mean, like, like you said, there's (laughs) plenty of potential there and, and not just potential. I mean, there it's already there. I mean, they're going to be firing all cylinders again. Hopefully, you would think that just like they did last year, really, especially the end towards the end of last year. But you know, once again, the question is the 
defense and especially the secondary. Are they going to, I mean, what, I mean, how are they going to improve? Well, they can start by having some pass rush. And that was one, I, you know, I don't know how good our offensive line is because, you know, we lost some pretty important pieces. Um, but I will say this. Keontae Goodwin might just be that guy. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think he lost a single block the whole time. And, you know, this guy's a true freshman. I'm, granted, he's huge, absolutely monstrous. But he played really good. Um, you know, that, that I had a few questions. You know, how real is our offensive line? I don't know. I, I think I think that you really can't even quantify that until your first game. And then, do we have a pass rush? I don't. I don't know. Again, because in in that setting, it was you know a hand touch was a sack, right? But I saw multiple times where you know, we would touch him and then they'd be like, nah, he's actually still standing. And I think that was more of like a stoops thing. Like he wants to see the offense flow and run. So, you know, do we finally have a pass rush? Cause if we have a pass rush, that puts a lot less stress on our secondary. And then the last thing, are our receivers that good or are our cornerback backs that bad? All those are valid questions. I mean, and there's not things we're going to know until we get against competition that's not ourselves. When you see them against actual live competition, you're going to know a lot more. But I can say this. Making some of the catches that they made is not going to change. Dane Key's hands are not going to change. Will Levis tried to throw that ball. He was trying to throw the ball through people. <laughs> Dude. Dude, that was the, that. So, like that, that right there. If you put the Hogan throw versus the Will Levis throw side by side, you just see NFL just gold mine on the Levis side, and then you see backyard football all star on the right side. Yeah, you Look, know, been wrong before. Okay, give the man some credit. I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna be wrong, and then Hogan's gonna lead us to a national championship sometime, because your ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me just say this: I have been wrong on quarterbacks a plethora of times. A plethora. Okay. So, to Hogan, if you're listening out there, I just want to say, I don't mean it. Okay. My untrained eyes don't mean it. Underqualified. I love you. And that's all. We are the underqualified animals. So you all are. I'm just the host. Can look. Can we miss one? Yeah, we can. <laughs> we can miss literally 15 and we're fine because we're underqualified. <laughs> and he'll probably never hear this and he'll probably Ever. never listen to it. Ever. No, I mean, there's probably only five people out there that will hear this. No, actually, we've we've got about we've got about twenty listeners. Believe it or not, wow, twenty solid listeners. I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, that's pretty decent. 
That's that's that is pretty decent. But if I you got don't the ask me. We the, are growing, sir. What what'd you say, Hunter? I got the first hot take of the Kentucky football season. Jesus Christ. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hot take. And maybe you all won't think this is a hot take. I'm going to go ahead and go on the record and say it. Our receivers are that good, and our cornerbacks are also that bad. I just think both that those statements are true. I just hope that there's there's some room still in a transfer portal somewhere for somebody to land on our campus that can cover somebody. Maybe. I don't know, but legit, my mic did catch on fire there for a second. I know, I saw. Like, literal, literal smoke. So, <laughs> yeah, I, may, maybe I shouldn't do that again. Or maybe I should just find my distance, right? <laughs> from, from... <laughs> Got to be able to judge distance. Damn perception was off. Yeah. Uh, thank God I'm a driver down in Florida, huh? Um, Would you only have one contact in or? Unfortunately, I got both. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hunter put a man for me. Oh, God. <laughs> um, uh, so, j- just to get back on track here, some of the standouts I saw, um, and, you know, obviously I think they hit a lot of the offense, and I'm sure they hit a lot of the defense because, uh, you know, they're not going to try to show off too much. Uh, before the season starts but Jordan Lovett looked really good in the secondary uh, he had a lot of breakups he really kept good containment really liked him C-Rod I think it, he had a one-handed catch and that's something that he doesn't really he didn't really show off a lot last year um, I think if he can show off you know his versatility receiving out of the backfield look good I think Jutan McLean, I think they hit him hard. And, uh, you know, he didn't really get much playing time. I don't know if he's hurt or anything like that. But I will say that I think I think that guy might be the real deal, Holyfield, uh, coming up next year. Runs a lot harder than, you know, how big he is. Uh, catches out of the backfield really good. I'm Just, excited. Oh, oh yeah and we didn't get him for a full season last season so i, I can't even imagine how it's going to be for a, a full off season full season you know he he had to stop practicing in you know early march because of that uh dispute so uh, i'm excited for him to have a full year under his belt uh dane key looked good uh i think on i know I know Stoops was really looking forward to using him as more of like a jump ball situation type guy, but it, he seems pretty versatile. And as Zach said, honestly has really good hands. That's something Kentucky is absolutely needing, especially if you can handle that rifle that Will Levis threw in on him. I mean, that was an absolute dart. Uh, so he, he bobbled it, but he still caught it. But I mean, none of us would have probably caught that. It probably also helped that our corner was five yards away when the ball hit his chest. You're right, but did you see how hard he broke on that? Like, like that's I think that's what what's crazy about that play. It was like, 
you know, our, our, our quarterback had good coverage. And then Dane Key broke on that in route or post route. And like, oh my gosh, the cornerback the was like, where did he go? You know? For a freshman, he is, his cuts are crisp. Mm-hmm. He is a very good route runner. And I'm, I look for Stoops to have to use him in the offensive scheme quite a bit just because he's going to force his way onto the field. Yeah, and then, as you said, obviously Robinson. You know, Robinson, he's not – you know, he, he he's, he's not as quick as Wandell, but um, he's got the same last name. And, he, he boy, he can – he knows he knows how to use the field. So, um. I'm, I'm excited for the year. It's football. We'd all – we'd be excited if we had – it didn't. It don't matter what team we throw out there. We'd be excited. Yeah, but it also – it makes it a lot better whenever you see, like, what our capabilities are for offense. And, you know, if, if our defense just plays the bend, not break still, they, they keep that up, man, I – this team looks good. It can be difficult to watch at times and frustrating, sure. But, I mean, we had a great year last year doing it. And hopefully – I I think – well, I'm hoping, I guess, that the defense can still play the same style but just be a little better at certain things. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. So, uh, let's move on. This is the little last part of the – the segment here, um, Zach is going to give us his expert analysis of the Masters. Um, so go ahead, Zach. It was a beautiful course. I watched about four swings total for the entire tournament. Uh, only watched those by accident. <laughs> and oh, uh, wrong channel, not NASCAR. Sorry. <laughs> felt really good to see Tiger out on the course again uh i checked in on him on day one several times just make sure you know he was still chugging along and hadn't withdrew in the first 10 minutes of the tournament and i hope everything else went great and i hope you guys wanted to the winner to win i mean that was well said truly i don't know how i'm going to follow that up but i'll give my best effort since cool gone um so basically i mean our man scotty scheffler he came scotty scheffler has pretty much over the last few months just came from he went from not having any wins to winning three out of five tournaments that he entered and being the number one golfer in the world in two months or you know i mean it was and if you watch golf, you knew he had potential. And whenever they picked him as a captain's pick for the Ryder Cup, it just boosted his confidence, I think, to go out there and play with some of those guys. And ever since then, he has literally been unstoppable. He has every shot. He has every form of the game. He can do it all. And he went out and dominated the Masters. It yeah, did yeah. get – he said that he was nervous going into the final round. He literally, He actually said that he cried and said that he didn't know if he could do this. But, I mean – I mean, he did. He went out and did it, even though it did get kind of close there. He dominated, and he is going to continue to dominate. And I think he's got a real chance to win multiple majors this year. 
I think so also. I mean, he showed, like you said, every part of the game. I mean, it wasn't just like, you know, he hit his driver straight and he hit good iron shots or he hit average iron shots and just putted well. No, he hit bombs. I mean, huge drives. He hit tight iron shots. He hit huge putts. I mean, the guy was just dynamic and – um. Yeah, on uh, what was it? Uh, day three, day three. Um, you know, almost everybody was over par, and he goes out there, and he says, "All right, I'll shoot two under." You know, like, and that—that's what created, you know, his big lead. Cameron Smith kind of blew it, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but definitely, man, Master Sunday, that was awesome. Um, especially with Rory making that late push, especially with, I mean, Hunter, uh, we talked about it on the last podcast, but Hunter had like a five, $5 bet for the Georgia Bulldogs to win the national championship for the LA Rams to make, to win the uh, Super Bowl, Rory McIlroy to win the masters. And he was making such a push that honestly, if if he would have, if he would have made like an eagle on uh, what was it, fifteen? Fifteen, yeah. He barely went over the back. Yeah. Yeah. If he could have made eagle on that hole, dude. He, I mean, that that would have put severe pressure on Scotty Scheffler, and I I really do believe that that may have been enough pressure to make Scheffler, you know, at least shaking his boots a little bit. That doesn't mean that. Scotty would have not won still because Scotty played great. And I think he was definitely deserving of that. But the way Rory played on Sunday just shows like, man, that guy is close to really making a huge splash. If, if the masters was 90 holes, Rory would have already had five green jackets right now. He just, the man just, he continues to run out of holes. He just kind of goes flat in the mid rounds of the majors. And then the last, when Sunday rolls around, he said, All right, we're ramping it up. And he always does, but he just continues to run out of holes. And I love Rory. And I just wish that something, and I think, I hope so. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he can get a major this year, but I hope he does. Because he, I mean, whenever Tiger is not around, I think Rory is everyone's favorite golfer, you know, the people's favorite golfer, even though he's not American. I do think that Rory is the people's golfer whenever Tiger isn't around. Yeah. And it definitely was good to see Tiger not only play, but play well. Um, you know, first first two rounds, he hung in there. And, um, you know, maybe it was fatigue. I don't know. But round three, he definitely did not play well. Um, and, you know, Sunday, it just didn't matter. So, I think he was just going out there swinging on Sunday. Um, but – you know, Thursday played great. Friday played kind of mer, you know. Uh, but it was it was great to see him back out there. It was great to see Tiger make the cut. I mean, just just you know, he's so good for golf. We you know, we talked about it last week. He's so good for golf. And I, you know, I, I just I hope he can really make a splash. I know didn't he say he already committed to another tournament, didn't he? 
he has um, the PJ Championship, but he only did that so he has the option. So mm-hmm. he doesn't know if he's able to yet, but um, he's hoping to play in the PGA as his next um, tournament. And if his body can do it, maybe a tune-up before one tune-up before then. I think he also uh, said he was going to play an event before uh, the British Open. Yes, he wants to play in the PGA and the British Open if he if he can um, if he his body will let him. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed because again, I mean, I, I just I just want to see him. I I, I want to if he can make a crack at one major this year, you know. Even if he doesn't win, just in contention, I think that's going to make golf so much more interesting. More people are going to watch it. I mean, as I mean, like like we were talking about earlier, like Zach literally doesn't watch golf, and he was still paying attention to how Tiger was doing. That is how big Tiger is. Like if you see, Dustin said this on the last podcast. Like if you see Tiger Woods's face, you're going to know who it is. If you saw Scotty Scheffler in public walk straight up to you probably gonna be like oh that's just an average white dude you know like just that's just part of it um so he's transcended the game hope he can come back and you know make a push um anything you want to add Hunter? we can sit and talk about golf all night um I, the only thing that if I you all do i'm leaving no, 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 Zach, 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 stay, stay, stay. <laughs> the thing that I'm going to add to it is that I think people are still sleeping on Scotty Scheffler. I think this man can go out and win all four of them this year, and that's crazy to say, but I think he can win all four. And I think it, he's guaranteed going to win one more. That's big, man. That's big. He- he had a six-shot lead on Friday, and Vegas still had him at plus one fifty odds. And I bet I put one hundred seventy-five bucks on it, plus one fifty, when he had a six-shot six lead. So, yeah, that's wild. But I mean, people have been notorious for falling apart, you know, at the Masters after I don't know second, third round. But uh, the only other quick thing that I have is I wish that my golf. I wish that like. Watching Jordan Spieth win this last tournament this weekend, he's his golf game looked like it was in shambles. He he was mad. He couldn't putt. He looked horrible out there, and he still won the golf tournament. I mean, I wish I could on that level. <laughs> and he'll tell you himself. He's like, I don't. I mean, I played terrible, but yeah, I won. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could say that too, or even say I played terrible and uh, made the cut. You know. Or, yeah. you know, I played great and made the cut. Hell, that'd be, that'd be even good. I mean, uh, I could say I played terrible after every round. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I get halfway there. And then, you know, the whole making the cut thing, it's like, oh, well, you know, I guess they're just not going to pay me. Um, but one thing, uh, ne- next thing I wanted to say was uh, story time. I definitely want Hunter to go first, though. All right. I always usually, you know, bring a decent story to the table. And I don't really want to, you know, tell a story about myself, but I reckon I will. <laughs> um, sat- well, we'll just go back to Saturday. Quick, quick, quick thing on Saturday. I fished in our first tournament in our, uh, in our um, you know, little 
club that we fish, and we won. Shout out to my boy Jared, catch caught a five pounder. It would have won the whole tournament. Um, but anyway, so that was some good luck. And then Monday, fast forward to Monday, I go to work, work my long eight hour shift selling the fishing tackle, you know. And uh, I play in a cornhole league in Lexington on Monday night, so I got to drive up to Lexington. I got an hour to kill, so I naturally go into the Red Mile because you know I'm a real degenerate, and we'll. Fast forward, you know, long story short, I went to play this game called the Pot Belly Pandas, and it's 50 cents max bet, which is not, you know, 50 cents is not very much. You can put, if you put 20 bucks in there, you're going to play for a while. And I always play this game when I go in there to try to get the bonus one time. That's it. Just get it one time. And there's only two machines in there. So I was playing both of them. And people look at you like you're crazy when you play both of them. And they call you, they, they're like, what are you doing? And I say, yeah, I'm a degenerate. I mean, you know, but I was playing both of them, and it took it took a, quite a while, like 30 minutes. It was a long time before I ever got the bonus. It usually does not take that long ever. But I finally got the bonus, and usually it pays, you know, 20 bucks if you're lucky, which on 50 cents is pretty decent. So I was hoping it would give me, like, some of my money back. Um, but I got the bonus, and there's these little – there's little – the kind of like balloons that are up on the screen, there's five of them, and you press them, and they say either you won money or it says end of bonus. Well, I pressed one, and it said 15 bucks or something, and I was like, okay, cool, got some money back. Press another one, it said 10 bucks, and I was like, okay, I was like $50 in, so I got half my money back, because usually you only get one or two, and then it's over. There's five of them total. Well, I pressed the third one, and it said 25 bucks, and I was like, Got all my money back. Feeling good. That's cool. And because it's kind of rare to get three, but not, you know, it, I've done it before. Well, I pressed the fourth balloon, and it popped. And I'm like, oh, whoa, I've never popped that. I've never done, got the fourth one before. So I look over at the other machine. And the other machine, the jackpot on that one is reset. So I knew I got the jackpot. And I was calling people around. I said, look, look, I got the jackpot. And they were like, what? You're not even done yet. And I said, watch. And I pressed the last balloon. It said jackpot winner. And I won $5,180-something off of 50 cents. Wow. So that's my story. And then we won in Cornwall. So there we go. You had an awesome weekend, sir. Jared told me. Now, direct quote, my fishing partner, Jared, told me, keep that horseshoe shoved up your ass until this weekend so we can win another tournament. So. Yeah, not, not only – so you won – yeah, so just to recap, you not only won Cornhole, you not only won your fishing tournament, but you also won $4,000, you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Good weekend. Pretty good. And you got to go oh. to Keeneland and your go go gadget uh, trench coat. That was the weekend. Oh, yeah, that was the weekend before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to Keeneland this Sunday, too. But I got an extra ticket out there for all the honeys out there listening if you want to go with me. Yeah. He's going to wear the trench coat still. So. No, it's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be 81. So I'm going to wear a cutoff and some shorts. <laughs> Sounds more your style. Zach, you want to go next? Yeah, I don't really have one. Uh, it sounds like Hunter took all the luck this week because, <clears throat> as Cooper knows since he's family, 
I, I suffer from kidney stones pretty regularly. And in the past six days, I've managed to pass three stones. So I've been laid up quite a bit, uh, battling the number four right now. So if you want to share some of that horseshoe luck, I mean, wash it off first if that's where you're going to store it. But I'd sure take some of it. <laughs> Best, yeah. I, best, I, best I can do is blow it off. I ain't, I ain't washing it. <laughs> I mean, I've got a tournament this weekend, too. I'd love to have some of that luck. Um, yeah, well, um, so I guess I'll tell you a story from today. This isn't really a great story, but I'll still tell you anyways. So – uh, I have had a, uh, I just moved into my new apartment. I think I said that maybe an episode or two ago. Um, and you know, we did, we, we thought that there was a lawn care service for our apartment, right? Well, there's not. So we have to <laughs> mow our own lawn, you know, just a little curveball. We thought two weeks, you know, two weeks into it, we're like, dang, man, nobody's mowed our lawn yet. Maybe, maybe, maybe we got to mow it. And then, you know, obviously we wait another week because, you know, we're DJs here also. So wait a week and we get a knock on our door at like seven in the morning. And my roommate like walks up to the door, looks through it and he's like, oh man, this is an older guy. He's probably going to complain about our yard being so high. So he like does not answer the door. So I'm like, well, our neighbors are going to make a fuss about it. I guess I'll go buy a lawnmower today and, you know, I'll mow our yard. So I like mow our yard. I'm mowing the yard. And like one of my neighbors walks up to me and he's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm real glad you guys are mowing your yard. It was, it was looking pretty high. Turns out the guy that knocked on the door was actually trying to give us one of our wallets back. So <laughs> there you go. There, there, there's my story. Uh, that's all. That's all I got, though. Um, so uh, that pretty much wraps us up. Just kidding. Just kidding. I had to. I had to give the. <laughs> I had to get the discount double check to make sure that we had this one going on. You already know what it is. It's time. Make y'all a little bit of money. You know what time that is? The Ben Bozog of the week. <laughs> well, we're back. And, you know, the dog of the week, it never loses, okay? And I'm going to go ahead and throw a little bit of curveball in on this one. This isn't just one underdog pick like I have been doing in the past. Those will be coming back more whenever football season and, you know, basketball season rolls around. Right now, all we got to bet on is baseball. And NBA playoffs, if you're into that. But if you all want to make some money this year, and I know it's it's it is quite the investment. You can do it in whatever dollar amount you want. You I, you will make money this year if you do this. You take one hundred dollars, or fifty, or ten, whatever you want. Take a hundred dollars every single night. Okay, every single night, and bet it against the Cincinnati Reds bet on the Cincinnati Reds to lose the rest of the year you will make money you will make money if you bet on them to lose the rest of the year this team is going to go 
25 and 142. I mean, or, or 137, whatever it is. They're terrible. The owners, owners don't care. Self team Bob, Bob Castellini, Phil Castellini. I hate them with my all my heart. I do hope that they sell the team. I hope. I mean, I just I hate them. Everybody hates them. I mean, you know, the people of Cincinnati right now are banding together, Venmoing each other, buying billboards up in Cincinnati that say "Sell the team, Bob." Just regular folk. So if they got that much passion, they hate the guy. Anyways, bet against the Cincinnati Reds every single night for the rest of the year. You will make money. That's all I got. Well, that sounds like a discount to me, honestly, because, I mean, Lord of mercy, you just got, what, 160 picks? I mean, yeah, that's it. Yeah, see? I mean, you, you gave out 160 picks right there. So like 100 because they've already they're they won opening day and then they lost and they won one more game and now they have they just yesterday they just got their first lead in two weeks their first lead in two weeks and then it only lasted 54 seconds hmm. yeah so we're off air i'd say something say a little joke about that but you know we can't do that here um it happens, I mean, to the best of us. I know where you're going, and it, it can happen to anybody. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, anyways, uh, I think that basically wraps us up. Uh, hopefully, you all enjoyed this episode better than the last one and better than the one before that. But with that being said, thank you very much for listening, and you all have a wonderful rest of your night. As Hunter says, gang, gang.